It's November the 14th, 2012. This is the arid surface of Mars, and this is 508, a show about Worcester. Today on the show, I'm Mike Benedetti. Also on the show, Jen Bird. Hi, Jen. How are Hi. you? Hi. And Brendan Mellican. How are you doing, Brendan? I'm well. Mike, are those real handcuffs or are those novelty handcuffs? These handcuffs here? Let me see. They're, They're metal. They're metal. <laughs> and they say something on them. I have a feeling that this is an actual... It doesn't... No, the links are the links are crappy, though. All right. They're novelty handcuffs. This is... Five Away Show About Worcester. This is a show where we're going to talk about panhandling. We're going to talk about uh, water disruption in the city. We're going to talk about survivalism in general. Um, Brendan, how's your week been? Uh, other than a brief lapse in water and civilization, uh, yeah, it's been okay. So this week there was a big water main breakdown by... Right in front of Worcester State College. Right in front of Worcester, Worcester State. State University, I'm sorry. Flooded, flooded out Worcester State. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Brand new science building. People, so a lot of people in the city lost lost water pressure or got crap in their water. Everybody was told, "Don't don't drink any water until we make sure that all the water is good." And Which now it is now safe. It's fine. So mm-hmm. people basically like skipped skipped a That's shower. A tough one, though, man. It's like you know, having gone a couple of years now where we've had major disruptions in electricity, yeah. that I think is kind of fun. Like you know, it's, in a way, it's even like relaxing when that hum of all the electrical stuff in your house goes away for a while. It's a nice break from uh, civilization. Mm-hmm. Water. That's a tough one. Like, when they couldn't tell you right off the bat when it's going to come on, it was oh. like a light bulb went on. It like, this, this could be bad. You know, it's yes. Did you really say something? Well, it's not even civilization, right? If we're like water, yeah. that's like you plumbing. Free, you know, oh, you gotta plumbing. Have, I mean, I'm just saying aqueducts and plumbing. That's civilization that's like, right there. That's right? true. It's something we need to think more about, too. I mean, it's not so much a Worcester issue as a national issue, but, I mean, there's been pretty good studies over the last few years showing we spend more on bottled water as consumers every year than we spend on upgrades on our infrastructure nationally Mm. uh, on on water. You know, that's an issue that cities like Worcester, Boston, New York, whatever, any big old city is going to have to deal with on a more and more frequent basis. It's very frustrating not having, like, rain barrels, not actually having gutters on, on the house, but also not having rain barrels and, like, mm-hmm. it raining the day after. <laughs> yeah. And just being like, boy, if we had the most basic water catchment on the property, we could get be getting certainly gallons of water and tiding ourselves over during this. Uh, and there's a million ways that, like, if the power goes out, that you can make do. I mean, the last time we went with, like, a long time, last year, when we had right. a big ice storm, you know, running in, like, an inverter off your car to charge a cell phone or, you know, get a radio on for a little while. That's right. not a big deal to put something together in the mm-hmm. short term. But water? Like, there, water. there aren't many ways to get around not having water. Well, I'll tell you, they have, uh, the, the hurricane was an almost disruption of the water, at least a threatened disruption of the water. So we actually had enough water sitting around for two weeks that had not been dumped out from the hurricane but there was like plenty of potable water still i was doing research about this though because earlier in the year because of um like pipe pipe actually replacing pipes in the road good upgrade stuff we had about a day where the water was really gross looking Mm -hmm. and we didn't drink the water for skipped skipped a day of of our own water and then with the hurricane being a threatened disruption and then, then then this actual disruption of water it got me doing some research about like backup water like actually having barrels of water and apparently if you have if you use clean containers and you know your water is chlorinated or if it's not chlorinated water you just put a drop just a little drop of bleach in there read about about bleach chemistry Mm -hmm. bleach is less scary than people think it sort of breaks down um like you can store water for six months and whatever soda bottles and if you actually have like a food safe container like one of these rain barrels and you just like fill it with 50 gallons of water and drop like a sanitizing tablet in it Mm -hmm. and then it's airtight five years no kidding yeah so it really makes me think like yeah like i feel like people should just like 
get a rain barrel and put it in your yard and use it all summer and then in the winter like fill it with water and bring it in the house and at least you're going to have some kind of water if not you know, if water maybe off the top of your roof, maybe you're not excited about it, but it's not going to be. Because, like you said, the next day it was pouring out all day. So yeah. It was more yeah. of just an insult on top of an yeah. insult. That, you know, yeah. We should have thought this one through a little bit more. I don't know. I'm just thinking, I'm just feeling like, I mean, electricity disruption, I feel like we're used to in the city of Worcester, but like sure. water disruption is harder. And I don't know. I think it's, I don't think it's, I think it's a little crazy and survivally to have a 50 gallons of water in a barrel with a tap on the side in the house. But not that survivally, well, and this year at least. Yeah, the, the TV show Preppers just got uh, renewed for another season. I, so, I've only heard of so it. So yeah. somebody's watching that show, and so somebody's out there who does not think that keeping a 50-gallon brain barrel is uh, that crazy. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, though, the one thing I did learn from this experience was the amount of time that I waste in the shower just collecting my thoughts as being like the one place where I can escape from <laughs> my family and whatnot is absurd. I was so early to work that the day that I didn't wasn't able to take a shower uh-huh. it's amazing it's uh. it, I'm thinking about all the time that I lose over the course of a year just standing in a shower just collecting thoughts and I want to I want to ask you actually how did you follow the news because I feel like there's a whole media criticism angle on this how did you follow the news of the water break and did you feel like you were adequately informed Twitter it was all yeah. I mean the only place I found anything meaningful I think was, was Twitter and, mm-hmm. it, well and interestingly enough I think there was a lot more Boston co- and this is just a matter of the size of our media market but there was more Boston coverage of our oh, really uh, lack of water than there was Worcester coverage but you know I mean the folks from the telegram I think were doing a better job reporting on the scene via Twitter mm-hmm. than was able to actually get uh, formal in the paper yes there was no Steve yeah. what's his name Steve Steve yeah, he did a really good job he does a fantastic job anywhere like, he's on the scene of anything yeah. and yeah and it's a nice little you get to see like where Twitter actually works where yeah. it's not just Steve uh, reporting from the scene of a big hole in the ground. Yeah. Uh, you get the folks that you know monitor emergency channels and whatnot, yeah. all communicating with one mm. another, and you can kind of paint yourself a big picture of what's actually yeah. happening. Like see, knowing I it, the first thought, yeah. thought that popped in my head was, okay, what happens if my house catches on fire? Mm-hmm. And it was within seconds. You know, you start getting tweets from like Alert New England and whatnot mm-hmm. that you know we actually I didn't realize we have a program in the state to mobilize water tankers oh. in just this case. Mm-hmm. So like Worcester was loaded with water tankers at strategic locations and the off chance that there was a fire so the fire department has water oh, on hand and it's you know you read that the next day in the telegram but seeing it actually happen in real time as people are reporting on these calls oh, going see out. this is exactly what i want to see see i think i don't follow the right people like on election night twitter for me was vastly better than any anything the other option because it was constantly like rolling like here's who's calling this state here's who's calling this state here's a link to this here's a link to this mm-hmm. like every minute or every 30 seconds maybe just because i follow a lot of politically obsessed journalists who are like constantly tweeting all the latest headlines but for this thing i felt like i would you would, i would hear like okay it's going to be repaired maybe at eight in the morning yeah and then six hours later i'm like what's the update and there's no update mm-hmm. i really wish that this was a situation where the city or the telegram especially would like just make a web page and be like this is where the updates are going to be or, sure. or, or, or or alternatively if there was somebody at the Telegram who would become like the obsessed Andy Carvin style Twitterer of you know all disaster news like yeah. whoever's staying up all night be, and, and, and like you said it seems like you were following the right cross section of people that that happened for you it didn't happen for me but that said, I think the, the mo- what I got most out of was entertainment value. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like any tragedy in Worcester. Uh, you've always, I think we always have a pretty good sense of um, uh, self-deprecating humor, if yes. you will. And, and I think that came into play a lot as well. You know, nice reminders that, you know, to, to boil your water before you use it to cook your heroin and whatnot. I mean, <laughs> things nice. like that are, you know, it's, they're very Worcester takes on things. So I think the humor level was high. But, yeah, if you looked in the right places, there were, there were some good sources of actual mm-hmm. news as to what was happening in the region. 
but that also doesn't touch the overwhelming majority of the population. So to your point, it would be nice if there was a central repository. I can't imagine all 200,000 of us who are on Twitter uh, right, staying right. abreast of, of what was happening moment to moment. I think you're right. Did you have any other thoughts on this water problem? Well, I, I have two Worcester State students that are um, coming out to the farm a couple times a week. and they have you're like, a, you're a, We should say you're a farm yeah, manager. I work, yeah, I work out in OCAM. And they had, they had both commute into mm-hmm. Worcester, and they had, like, no idea. They were like, what do you mean? It's, like, really flooded, and there's no water in the city. Mm-hmm. They don't use They Facebook. just, like, don't have the... I don't... No, I was just, like, I think shocked. We're, we're kind of all in our little bubbles in that, <laughs> that sense, so. too. I mean, you know, the, there's a Worcester media bubble is yeah. just that. And, yeah. you know, it, it, in a way, it, this, in theory, impacted the, the towns and cities that mm-hmm. also draw off of water, Worcester's yeah. water sources and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine it was as straightforward to them as it was for the people who actually live in Tatnick Square and could understand by look, having to drive around the giant hole that there is a, there's yeah. There is a water disruption. Yeah. Right. And yeah. driving by it was really highlighted <laughs> How oh, deep, wow. <laughs> how deep? I, I, I didn't go down was, there when it was happening. How deep was the water at Worcester State? Um, that, that was pretty deep. I mean, it was yeah. interesting because like, driving around the area that night, there was water. Like, you could tell there was a coating of water down, like, the far end of Tatic Square, yeah. down mm-hmm. towards, like, where the McDonald's is and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely water flowing in pretty much all directions. Right. It wasn't clear, though, how much damage there was, to me anyways, at Worcester State. So I don't know how deep it was. I, I, that's the thing. I, I, I can't visualize very well how – and Worcester State is kind of like in a – Dip in the ground. Yeah, I just feel like is it? I mean, was Worcester State like twenty feet underwater, or like five feet underwater? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, do we could talk about panhandling. We could talk about Facebook stuff. We could talk about. Did you want to talk about? um, I was talking about a book. Yeah, this is the the book of the week at the HX Library. Red Mars. Red Mars. Kim Slay Robinson. It's about meetings and what happens between meetings while you're terraforming a planet. And this and there's sequels to this. Yeah, this is the first one. There's Blue Mars and Green Mars. Wonderful. Yeah. Kim Stanley Robinson. Kim Stanley Robinson. Thanks, we got Jen. a new Kim Stanley Robinson book too. It's pretty good. Awesome. I want to talk. Do you, do you want to talk about panhandling or do you want to talk about Facebook questions? Oh, we hit the Facebook questions. All right. <laughs> Jim May wants to know what 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 we are thankful for in honor of Thanksgiving. Stable public utilities. <laughs> I'm thankful for Jim May and his interest in what I'm thankful I'm for. I'm so thankful uh, for Jim May. Do you, are you thankful well, for anything? Do you, are you prepared for this? I, I feel like this is always like the cliche, right? I have a good life, good family, good friends. Yeah. This is, a, this is a question which I never like because I feel like this is always a question that my, mo- my mother uses to harass me. <laughs> I'm glad that my mother is in good health and leading mm-hmm. a good life. But I love her very much. Yes. I mean, <laughs> Jim asked me this. just reminds me that I'm lucky to have a mother who's able to harass me by asking me questions I don't want to answer. Um, we got a, well, uh, Hannah Kerman points out that the Habitat for Humanity Restore mm-hmm. is like still an awesome thing you should check out. They're having a, a big event in December. People could Google and find out more about it. You ever been down to the Restore? I haven't. The I Restore is great. Yeah. I feel like anybody who's a home... You ever go down to the Restore? I have not. Oh, see, I, I feel like anybody who's a homeowner owes it to themselves. This is on, like... What is Gold Star Boulevard, not Gold Star Boulevard, Park, Park Avenue, Grove Street. What the heck? No, is it's it not Gold Star Boulevard. It's, it's in Gold Star. Yeah, Gold Star, Gold Star. Almost like right before you get to like Home Depot. It's so right if you need to go to Home Depot and pick up something to fix your house, you should go you to can, the restore. It's like over by Sharfman's, right? But on the backside, somewhere around. Yeah. In there. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's like down. You should look this up. It's called Restore Habitat for Humanity Restore. It's like a. It's like people donate stuff to the Habitat for Humanity. You know Habitat for Humanity, great mm-hmm. nonprofit. They make houses. 
people donate stuff and then they sell it goodwill style but it's like it's the kind of place where you're going to go in and they're going to have just like whatever a bunch of sheets of plywood or like um i got like a old toaster i need a used toaster i got like some pieces and some fabric squares that i turned into floor mats i need a bunch of plywood a bunch of uh uh, light bulbs i'm trying to remember what the heck else we bought out there some kind of paint scraper things Like, but I mean, part of it's just sort of like whatever they happen to have, which mm-hmm. is why I mean, actually, some of my old housemates bought like an entire kitchen, like some sort of like ten thousand dollar custom German kitchen, which they bought for two thousand bucks, I think, because it was at the restore, perfect condition, had barely been used, and then some extremely uh, person who would do something like this buys a house with this amazing custom kitchen and says, "We're taking it out because it doesn't really work." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think anybody who has a, owns a house owes it to themselves to visit the restore every six months, every four months, and just look around and be like, I was thinking about buying that kind of a screwdriver, and here it is for <laughs> one cent. Super good, super good discounts on stuff. Um, so there you, there you go, Hannah. <laughs> this is my sincere pitch. They're having pitch. a craft fair, though. They're December a- 15th. How do you know this? Because I was on the go list, and I make crafts. That's what I do in the winter of my farm. You want to talk about what I do in the winter of farm? Yes. Oh, I hang yeah, out yeah. in the wood shop and make like birdhouses and Adirondack chairs. Our new thing is crayon holders. So what? <laughs> we're making crayon Where do you holders. Where you put your crayons? I don't even have any crayons. <laughs> well, That's, now you'll yeah, get a crayon holder. Your kid can put the crayons in. Oh, okay. They're shaped like farm animals. Maybe some tractors. Oh no way! Yeah. Are they painted? We're gonna. We are gonna paint them. We're gonna just, you know, linseed oil. But kids could paint them. Kids could paint them. We probably maybe we'll go to this craft fair. We'll be at start at the station. Awesome. Yeah. So this is what's going on at, at your this farm is what in, you the do in the winter. This what you do in the winter and like feed animals. Work on crafts. Yeah. Eating canned food. <laughs> eating jarred food. Whatever yeah. you call. <laughs> I always. Anyway. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, do you, the other thing we have on Facebook is the main thing that Brendan wanted to talk about today's show. <laughs> Which is electrical, home electrical generators. What is the deal with them? Recommendations, thoughts? I don't know. I like what. Go ahead. If you are a homeowner and you you feel you have a need for a generator, which in Worcester seems to be at least once a year now. (laughs) Yes. um, My recommendation if you have natural gas, you can buy now at like Home Depot. They're they're kind of pricey, anywhere from like 1500 bucks to around five grand. Um, They're natural gas fed generators that come on automatically as soon as you have a power outage. Mm-hmm. And so they take in natural gas, they burn the natural gas to, instead of using you know diesel fuel or gasoline, you're creating electricity from the natural gas. And since the natural gas doesn't stop during a power outage, it just automatically turns on. And mm-hmm. you know, it has like a battery that's constantly trickle charging and then decharging and whatnot. But as soon as the uh, power goes out, natural gas uh, fires this thing up and you don't lose anything. You know, your, your lights are on, your internet's on, your, you know. Holy cow. Refrigerator stays fed. Does this empower your whole house? Whole house. Depending on the size that you get. They have smaller ones that are really designed for just, you know, the essentials. Mm-hmm. But you can get larger ones. You won't even notice any disruption in the power of your house. So you'll be that one family in the neighborhood that everyone, while well, everyone else is out there trying to, you know, pull cords on their crazy old school uh, gas generators. Mm-hmm. No, they won't be you. They'll just be inside, toasty warm, watching TV. I love this idea. Yeah. This is one of these things where I wish we had like neighborhood grids or microgrids or smart grids yeah. or whatever, so that whenever you had this, you could also potentially trickle. I mean, you could you could essential you could give the essentials to your neighbors as well. And it, it kind of makes yeah. sense at this point too, because the, if you look at the cost of natural gas, I mean, mm-hmm. it's absurdly low, low, probably the lowest it's it's been mm-hmm. in recent memory. So you, you're not looking at a huge bump in uh, utility fees from using it mm-hmm. in the short term. But I mean, the other option, of course, is the the 
gasoline generators that people have, but they're loud, they're, they're annoying, yeah. and they're, not, they're somewhat fickle. Uh, mm. What you can run off them is somewhat limited. They're, like, cheaper, more portable. This natural gas thing is something you install in your yard, like, yeah, and they a, come like out of the air conditioners? It, it actually looks exactly like an outside, uh, outdoor central like air conditioning unit. So it's, mm. it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but it's also not something you have to be moving around. It's permanently affixed to your house and mm. probably increase your resale value as well, too. Do you have any thoughts on this? We have one at the distance family farm. Yeah, do you really? Yeah, I think it's it's similar. I don't know exactly what Brendan's talking about. But they we make have the work of like propane. And yeah, ours is propane, so. not yeah. natural gas. But okay. yeah, it's great. Because we have fair. all sorts of things like you know, whole like, you know, chest freezers full of meat and things. And, yeah. and if the power and, goes you out, know, you get eleven keep people stuff. that yeah. live oh, there, yeah. and we don't want them. Yeah, animals that need, you know, water, and mm-hmm. you want to pump the water out. And, yeah. Um, and most of Worcester has natural great. gas, so it's a. Uh, is there a cheap alternative? What's that? Is there a cheap alternative for generators? Yeah, um, I don't. That's what I mean. Something, I mean something that's like less good, but that's because these things. I feel like this is an expensive thing having this installed. I mean, again, like if you're a homeowner, if you're a homeowner and like you want to increase the resale value of the home, like obviously people are gonna like be like, oh, this is awesome that you got this generator. But if you're a renter, this does nothing for you, right? right. Unless you can pitch to your landlord that it might be a worthwhile investment, which it probably is. You know, I mean, that's probably the sort of thing you could sell to a potential. uh, Assuming the landlord wasn't super cash poor. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's not a perfect solution, but I think to your actual question, I don't think there are any easy solutions to Mm -hmm. energy, which is part of the problem, right? I mean, you could throw up solar panels and whatnot. That's not inexpensive. Turbines are not inexpensive. There really isn't a good way to power a house without some degree of cost. Well, as as Councillor Palpatine said this week at City Council about the panhandling problem, there are no simple answers the problem of panhandling or I guess the problem of home power generation. I want to talk about panhandling real quick. I intentionally left this at the end of the show to give myself minimal ranting time. Can we try and keep it to simple answers? We can try to keep it to something simple. Yes. Yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> just maybe just maybe just stupid answers. Um so Worcester, you know, whatever it was, five years ago shame. Worcester five <laughs> Worcester five years ago decided that panhandling was a problem. Panhandling in this case meaning holding a sign on a street corner asking driving by motorists driving by for a dollar um, which is not what a lot of people think of panhandling is that this was a problem and they decided that the way to go about dealing with this problem was to put out billboards and signs telling people don't give money to panhandlers do something else constructive with your money as the city manager said in a letter to the city council that he wrote uh, last month uh, this is not effective and uh makes the city look insensitive and kind of like a bunch of jerks. Um, so the second attempt at dealing with this was something which happened over the summer. Because, so this, this first thing, by the way, did not, did not work. They tried it for a year and a half. It didn't, nothing happened. They finally took the signs down. Um, uh, over the summer, this summer, the city council decided again that panhandling was now a crucial problem. It needed hours and hours of uh, public meetings to try to deal with. And they said, uh, how about city manager said, how about we have a social worker go out there and talk to the panhandlers? And he'll give us some statistics back about what's going on. And it's actually interesting reading the statistics that they got back. It was about a um, little, little shy of 40 panhandlers that he talked to. You know, three-quarters of them have had some kind of homelessness issue currently or in the past. Uh, half of them have a mental illness problem. Maybe not three-quarters homeless. Three, I wish I had the paper with me. Three-quarters of them uh, substance abuse problems. Half of them mental illness and a substantial number have been homeless or, or currently homeless. Some of them got referred to services by the social worker. 
Um, but the city council is not satisfied that this is dealt with the pain handling problem because it doesn't seem to have knocked the numbers down any more than the weather itself would have. So the third attempt now has come up finally before the city council this week. The third attempt involves actually banning some forms of panhandling. Uh, panhandling on a traffic island, or actually anybody on a traffic island can be asked to move by the police, and if they don't move, we'll be fined. Uh, various kinds of aggressive panhandling, harassing people, knocking on their windows, wandering down the street after them, uh, you can't do also. It seems to me like this would already be illegal. And Councilor Joe O'Brien actually asked uh, if the city could provide a list of ordinances which already substantially overlap all these aggressive panhandling ordinances. The one change, so like I want to sort of filter out all those pages and pages of stuff, which I think is either ineffective or uh, redundant. The one change would be that you could no longer ask for people at a variety of public locations, including within 20 feet of a bus stop. You couldn't ask somebody who is in line for something. You couldn't ask talk to anyone who was uh, sitting in an outdoor restaurant or, in fact, anywhere near an outdoor restaurant. Um, and in fact, it also says places of public assembly, mm-hmm. which maybe has some legal uh, definition I don't understand. Otherwise, it means you can't ask anyone for money anywhere where they actually are. Um, <laughs> so I'm not. It's not clear to me that this is constitutional. That this is probably. Well, we know it's not. Well, we know it's not constitutional. The Supreme Court already handled. It that seems one. like the. Yeah, I mean, the ACLU is on this one. It seems like the city is probably going to get sued over those kinds of provisions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not clear that keeping people from panhandling near bus stops or uh, people who are standing in line is going to affect the 99.99% of begging for money in the city, which is being done on street corners mm-hmm. to people in cars. Nobody in the city council mentioned religion, which is insane to me because I feel like so much of the core of this is either people's actual religious experience or their religious tradition of our country, which is that when someone needs help, you give them help. This is what God asks you for do. This is... Jesus reveals this as God's plan for your life. You know, whenever, whenever you get up to heaven, what does he say? You know, there, Jesus is going to be there, and he's going to say, when I was hungry, did you give me food? When I was thirsty, did you give me something to drink? So there's like a, this is like the, to me, this is like the big thing, it's, it, which is not to say that people necessarily should give money to panhandlers because a lot of panhandlers are going to do something dumb with your money that's not going to really be giving them food or drink. It's going to be giving them heroin or alcohol. Um, and also that you obviously this should be a choice that you have, but I feel like I don't like the idea of limiting, of continuing to try to limit. I don't I don't like the idea of limiting the choices that people have for communicating with other people, making connections in the city, mm-hmm. despite the fact that there's an opportunity for abuse. I don't want to get too kitchen sinky here. It does seem like anything that's new and innovative in this is going to be found unconstitutional. This does seem substantially similar to an aggressive panhandling ordinance that Springfield tried, which uh, the police chief of Springfield has gone on the record as apparently saying that the number of panhandlers has only gone up in Springfield since this happened. It just seems like a crazy thing. So I feel like if you're against panhandling, you gotta be against you gotta be against this. Because you gotta say, City Council, this is a serious problem. This is not a serious answer. Mm-hmm. This is just a bunch of nonsense. Luckily they're sending it to some subcommittees. You could stand up in front of them and say, I hate panhandlers more than anything. This is not going to deal with panhandlers. Get your act together. Are you, oh, are you asking me to say this? Is well, I got one more thing to say. I'm, pretend, I'm pretending that I'm not ranting for like 10 minutes straight. Okay. But sure, no. Show, no. This, is, this is ventriloquism. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, of course, it was very interesting that, uh, so there's a lot of uh, uh, kids who are involved with school programs and the fire department and other mm-hmm. people raise money in city social services groups, raise money in the city, doing a similar like group begging on a street corner, mm-hmm. which again, this is a weird Worcesterism. Well, it's were, called a tag day. Why is it called a tag day? A non-Worcesterite like me has no idea. The city solicitor actually this week wrote a letter uh, memo to the city council and the city manager saying 
those are also would anything that's going to ban panhandling is going to ban this. Like we can ban aggressive panhandling, but we can't just say you can ask money for these circumstances, but not these other circumstances. It would also seem to ban uh, panhandling by proxy, also known as the Salvation Army. I don't know. Well, Which, that's the question. Like, it would definitely be. They're it, begging for money in places where people oh. are as well, right? I mean, like assembling and you know, yes. in line. You know, it's it, right. all the places that you mentioned are places where you typically see. This is the thing. If you and I are hanging out on the patio of the dive bar, or if you and I are hanging out at any public place, mm-hmm. and 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 you're, I'm like, hey, Brian, like, let's get some hot dogs. Okay, hey, Mike. Can you like loan me some money so we can buy hot dogs? Violated it's like orders. no violation, well, illegal I mean, if I'm crime. Down Street, can I bum a cigarette off somebody? No, so money? Is, no, no. It's, it's, I think it's material. It's material items. So really, what, really? The, what we're talking about is just an ordinance to satisfy people who are terrified of other human beings. Like, when you no, no, yeah. we're not because it's not going to satisfy them because it's not going to do anything. Won't do anything. Yeah. This but, is the fundamental thing. This is the fundamental argument. <laughs> we can talk about why this is unchristian and un-American and against freedom and against civilization and saying that people should not be able to communicate in public places and this is just another place where people are criminalizing this. We can make all this kind of whatever yeah. arguments we want to make about why this is bad. Those arguments are irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Because it's gonna, it is sure. I'm sure it'll bring plenty of bad consequences. No good consequences will come of it. That's the problem. That's the problem. It won't work. I agree. That was called speed. Yeah. That was called that was called speed ranting. Yeah, no, it's right. It, it but the, I think going back to where you started from with some of the suggestions, like Joe Joe uh, O'Brien had one of. There obviously are not just local ordinances, but state laws that, like, if you have somebody meandering about the street, that's called jaywalking, and the, as far as the MGL is concerned. The problem, though, is that there's for jaywalking, you only have a fine of a dollar. I know. In, in I the love MGL. That so, so it's much. almost unenforceable, right? I mean, like, what, you're going to go to the panhandling guy and demand four quarters from his Dunkin' Donuts cup as for because he's walking up and down the street. It's just an obvious waste of police time and resources to be getting involved in such things. Panhandlers are arrested occasionally in Worcester, though. We've seen like, it happen yeah, yes. recently. And, and does, some, it, but does, it, and does it discourage them? No, because as it says in the thing, like frequently we're talking about people with mental illness or frequently we're talking about people with serious substance abuse problems, and they don't care. No, well, it, it, barring the homelessness issue, I mean, we're talking about people with mental illness, illnesses and substance abuse. You're sounds like you're just describing the overall demographics of the city of Worcester to begin with. So, I mean, it's it does seem like it's not just panhandlers that you're. You just, know what our city motto is: "You don't have to be crazy to live here, but it helps." <laughs> but it helps. <laughs> um, no, yeah, the, the, the whole thing is just crass, right? And, and it, it seems to be more uh, folks in on the west side of the city don't like being stuck at certain intersections uh, when their morning or evening commute feeling as though they're being assaulted by people who are not doing as well in life as they are. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure my neighbors in the West Side will uh, look, look poorly upon me for suggesting such a thing, but there's really no other way to describe the whole situation. You have people that, for whatever reason, could use a hand, and the city of Worcester doesn't feel it's appropriate to give it to them. And that, that's kind of that, that's kind of terrible. Well, I don't know. Anyway, I, I have to mention one more thing. This is, this is just in fall, as far as city council miscellaneous. I don't know if you, you watched the city council meeting or were aware of this amazing moment. Um, all the city councilors seemed a little whacked out last night, honestly. But Councillor Palpatine stands up and starts talking. And he's like, he's talking about the possibility of like, you know, like groups getting like a permit mm-hmm. to beg on a street corner, like a little league. And, he's, and he, says, he says, you know, I have a concern that if a group gets a permit to beg on a street corner, do a tag day, and a kid is hit by a car. Is the city liable? Hmm. <laughs> Are we liable for that? And the city solicitor stands up and was just sort of like, what? <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, he's like, I don't want to make this adversarial, he says. So 
there is a possibility that, you know, if there was a street repair that should have been done that hadn't been done and the city was aware of the negligence and a child was injured because of an uncompleted street repair, then the city could be liable up to $5,000. Now, if I'm not mistaken that this is coming from a city councilor who, uh, back when our good friend Jeff Barnard was going around uh, checking on city councilors shoveling their sidewalks, I believe he was one of the people who doesn't even shovel his own sidewalk. Right. So it's probably not the right guy to be voicing concerns about negligence in terms of city, public or private property. Um, I'm but, just generally excited by this idea of... But who, when, who cares, Mike? Is like, the city liable, though, Brendan? But who we're liable for everything. I mean, it's like the city of Worcester is in a race to see who, if it can get sued by more outside parties than any other uh, second-tier city in, in the United States of America. I mean, we're liable for everything. Every time the city council meets, they create a liability, it seems. It's an, an absurd liability. I mean, we're here, the catalyst for this conversation is something that the United States Supreme Court dealt with decades ago. Two mm-hmm. decades, I believe. Maybe only one. Okay. Point being, it's, it's a settled issue. It's okay to panhandle. Even if you don't have a pan with a handle, you can still stand somewhere and ask for money. It, that's okay. It's in it's, the First Amendment. Panhandling is not a crime. Well, it's, I don't think it's... it's, 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 it's <laughs> Black and white. I don't know that it was actually penned that way, but <laughs> I think it was inferred that it is okay to go up to your fellow man and say, Hey, pal, can you spare some change? Once I built a railroad, <laughs> made it. I'll just sing this in the background. I, I mean, as a regular commuter in and out of the city who tra- who travels Once through a lot of uh, these intersections that people seem done, concerned with, brother, it just blows me paradise. away that, uh, that you know people actually find this to be a nuisance. You know, it's I, I just I can't imagine how little you have to have going on in your life where a guy standing on a street corner with a sign is the thing that's going to ruin your entire day. Worcester is full of irritable people and irritating people, some of us both. Today, I'm Mike Benedetti, Brendan Mellican, Jen Burrett, the silent Shane Capra. This has been 5 Way. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Pieandcoffee at gmail.com is our email. Talk to you later.